Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, I think it's right, Dio. I think, oh yeah, what's popping all that? But yeah. this seat, I think it really, when I sit down every time, I feel it sink. You broke it. No, it's the... Is Fat John coming back out? Is that no, the problem? It's the multitude of our clients that sit in these chairs in the break room, I think. Oh. The conference room. Wow. I'm just playing. Wow. You just hurt someone's feelings. Well, you know... One of our guests is tuning in. Poor Taylor Young. Taylor's like, man, I've been doing 75 hard like every year, Taylor, John. Why are you making fun of me? Taylor, Taylor looks... And his brother look like a damn Ken doll. They do, don't they? Yeah. That, that, those young boys. Whew. Shout out Urban Young. Shout out Urban Young <laughs> Insurance. Yeah. We're yes. not here to please people because you said you wanted a short episode and you wanted to get right to the point. Well, let's talk about how I woke up this morning. Fired up. In a great mood, John. Happy. Oh, God. In go. a great mood. Yeah. In, in a great mood. Why was it a gr- <laughs> Why were you in a great mood, Dio? I was in a great mood because I am a diehard centrist, right? Like when someone asks me about, about my political views, I'm like, I'm purple. I'm smack dab in the middle. Centrist? What the hell does that mean? Centrist? Yeah, it's kind of like... Oh, in the middle. In the middle. Center. Center, yes. Got it. Yeah. I call myself purple. Oh, yeah. call myself a centrist. Okay. A little bit of a cynic, a whole lot of an optimist. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so I woke up this morning very pleased with the election results. So I know people are tuning in today. By the way, we're recording this the day after the 2022 midterm elections. Okay, Mm. it's Wednesday. So the elections aren't finalized. I think there's like five or six Senate races that aren't even called yet. It might not be called because the state of Georgia may very well have a runoff like they did in 2020. Mm. But nonetheless, as someone who is moderate, who doesn't like it when the pendulum swings too far left or too far right, I woke up pretty happy today. Good for you. Yes, pretty happy that, you know what? The way things have been since 1776 looks like they're going to be that way all the way through at least 2026. Emancipation Proclamation. Let's go. All right there. I don't know shit about history. No? No. That was actually like a pretty big deal. Did I get the date right though? 1776? No. The Emancipation Proclamation would have been like 1836. What was that? Christopher Columbus? 1492? Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Columbus. Wayfair, Mayflower. Okay, I think Wayfair may be a store, John. I, this it, is not a history lesson, okay? And then already somebody is going to be like, Dio, the Emancipation Proclamation yeah, was not you know 1836. I like saying dumb shit that doesn't add up because that way they correct us in the comments and that just adds to the algorithm and the engagement. So please feel free to correct away. But that means they have to be on YouTube. Or so oh, yeah. if you're listening on Spotify and Apple or Stitcher, anywhere else you find podcasts, Please know we have a YouTube channel, and it's on that YouTube channel. John wants to be corrected. Yeah, correct me all day. Correct him all day. Because you know what? Some Just like at history, I'm not good at it. Okay, we're going to talk about not being good at it or not being good enough. Where I am good enough, though, mm-hmm. you should know this about me. Talk My about. cousin Ben mm-hmm. coined me the world's best guesser. Okay. Which basically, Mendio, you really don't know, don't know shit right. about shit, but mm-hmm. you're really good mm-hmm. with deductive reasoning skills. Yeah, so I'm a good guesser. Okay. So I have no idea how close I was with 1836. I don't really know when Abraham Lincoln was the president. Yep. Uh, and I don't remember what number he was president. Was he 17? I think. You, I don't know. You know what's great? It's 2023 and now stuff like that. Nobody cares. Well, I want to Google it now. Will you like hit pause real quick so I can Google this shit for these people? No. Some, because it, I don't want to be corrected. 
I'm like showing my ignorance. I'm showing my vulnerability right now because I can't memorize. Flash caption, we're being ignorant on purpose for entertainment purposes only. Entertainment purposes only. There, now we're, now we're absolved. Oh, look at you go, the creative this, one. I know how this works. We're just acting dumb because that's what the TikTok kids do for the engagement. So we just say outlandish things in hopes that you do check out our YouTube channel or write something on the online community on our website, affectionately called tloponline.com. Or thelonofficerpodcast.com. It's basically everything that we do on this show times 10 yep. because we have 10 times the content. Wow. Well said. Yeah. I know. And it's blowing up. Like, I love what you and Chris and Dennis are doing behind the Shout scenes. They were telling me, folks, that currently we have, like, I don't know, 1,500 members. Mm -hmm. That by this time next year, it's going to be 15,000. Oh, let's go. And two years from now, 100,000. OMG. How awesome is that? You know what's going to be really awesome when our downloads, currently our downloads are roughly about 100,000 a month mm -hmm. when they're a million, one million per month. One million dollars. And based on current trajectory and, and, and projections, we'll be there in two years. As long as those that are tuning in today are hardcore fans, those that found us first, mm -hmm. the innovators, the cool kids, the early adopters, the early adopters, as long as they continue to share it, mm -hmm. like it and tell their friends, mm -hmm. because especially shows like this, mm -hmm. this is not mortgage specific. Oh, no, no. This is everything you should have learned in school, but didn't because it wasn't taught. Yep. Yep. So I woke up in a good mood. Mm -hmm. Yes, because as a self-described moderate, independent, purplish centrist, mm -hmm. I'm pleased personally with how things are shaping up. Okay. And I got back in the pool for the first time since my Ironman. Like to swim for fun? Yes. My body and my mind love it. They love it. And I didn't, I went from maybe like, I don't know, 64 laps. It was like probably Bro, eight to eight what? tenths of a People mile. I don't want to hear that shit. When you said I got in the pool, they think you waited in the pool. Like I had a couple martinis. No, I did like 30 minutes. I did just did laps for 30 minutes after I, I warmed up on the elliptical machine for 15 minutes. Yeah, it was just a quick workout. Still, but sounds like training for another Ironman to most people. Well, I may have hinted. Oh, God. I may have hinted that I am looking for a race uh, to do uh, next uh, year. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. There are no races to be had because you said once you finish this first Ironman, you said the next goal and I'll go back to this if I can find it. Is it a marathon? No, it's going to be, you're going to do your little jujitsu roll on the ground. Oh, I am. Yeah, so you're welcome. You can't do another race until you become a brown belt in jujitsu. Oh, shit. Brown belt. All right, let's jump into today's episode. You know why? Because you're not good at it right now. I'm not good at it right now. No, I love today's topic because I think this all the time about people. Well, kick it off. What What was the inspiration? Because you came up with the topic and then I started riffing. You're like, whoa, 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 slow down, Dio. Because I have to turn the cameras on. Right. Because no, I, I got to get the mics working. No, because you field calls from uh, younger professionals that are eager uh, about potentially joining the mortgage industry, the mortgage space. Yes, I do that as well as I, I mentor four to six college students right. per year, have every year for the past three years, mm -hmm. as well as coach salespeople for right. a living. Mm -hmm. Right. And and this topic keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of a nice way to say it. Just rip off the Band-Aid. So I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid. By the way, if y'all are used to like jovial, happy Dio, who's always nice and positive, tune out. I'm going to give you your time back. Mm. Go ahead and turn us off. He's about to get Don't real. like this episode. He's about to get real. Yes. I'm about to get real because sometimes people need to hear the truth. And the truth doesn't hurt. The truth grows. Mm -hmm. That's what the truth does. I, I don't believe the, the truth. truth hurts. No, the truth 
promotes growth yep. is what it does. And if it's the truth, why should we hide from it? People are soft and low, have low self-esteem. So I need people to hear this. Yeah. You're not good enough. Plain and simple. This is not your calling. And it's okay. It doesn't mean you're not good at certain things in life. It doesn't mean you don't have great characteristics and great qualities. It just means that there's certain things in your life right now mm-hmm. you're just not good at. And then the real question is, are you ever going to be good at it? Mm. Is it a attitude or an aptitude aspect? Mm. If it's an attitude or an effort aspect, maybe you could become good. But if it's an aptitude thing, mm. nah. Probably like, not. you peaked. And by the way, not being good at something doesn't mean you didn't find success in it. Right? I'll give you the, my first example. I got a buddy of mine. He is a hell of a mortgage professional. Like he is really good. He consistently closes 24 to $48 million in production. Not 48 and on an amazing year, 24 on a not so amazing year. He is purchase focused, realtor referred. He dominates his database. He gives white glove service to his clients. Mm-hmm. That puts him in the top one or 2% in his profession. Okay. But he has this dream, this aspiration to be a hundred million dollar producer, to be in the top 0.1%. My advice to him, stop wanting something that you're not good enough to attain. At some point, be okay with what you have. With some, with, in, in, in some instance, just get comfortable and be proud of what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't stride for betterment. It doesn't mean that you don't try to get 1% better per day, but you may have tapped out. Mm-hmm. Hey, you Pete, now your goal is to maintain and look for betterment. And what does betterment look like for him? Betterment may look like for him, hey, you're not taking enough vacation. How can you do this volume, but take an extra week off? Hey, you're doing this volume, but maybe your team dynamic is lacking. Maybe you're overstaffed. Maybe your your team is working too much overtime. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Whatever those maybes are, let's work on how we can become more efficient with the effectiveness that you've already obtained. So I would never take anything away from my friend because he is in the top 1% or 2% of his industry. But at some point, if he has this vision and this goal that he is going to be this hundred million dollar producer, someone should tell him, you know what? You're just not good enough. Hmm. And why do I think that? Because that's rude to say to somebody, because when I compare him to the 10 or 12 hundred plus million dollar producers, I know Mm -hmm. there's a vast difference between their skill set and their talent level with his skill set and his talent level. So then I'm going to push that back onto me. I grew up as playing baseball my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like since I was six, baseball, all-stars, travel teams, made my state, I'm sorry, made my high school team, was a part of a state championship. I didn't play a whole lot. I was a sophomore, Um, but I was a part of that. Mm -hmm. I was a really good baseball player growing up. Solid. Yes. I was good enough that I made my varsity team that was a state championship caliber team. Solid. In the state of Florida, which is one of the three states that dominates Youth baseball, Mm -hmm. California and Texas are the other two. Mm -hmm. 
but I was not good enough to play Division One college baseball. Yeah. Like my talent level peaked. Yeah. At about 16 or 17, I peaked. Now I could have worked harder and I could have gone and played junior college or I could have worked harder and I could have gone and played division two. And maybe I could have maybe gone JUCO, which is junior college mm -hmm. into a division one. I had friends that did that. I admire him for it. But then there was no way I was ever going to go and get drafted. Mm. Right. So at some point, my mm -hmm. talents were, 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 were just that. Mm. So today's episode in the muse is really coming from people who are trying to enter my industry that I care about. And I haven't found a way to tell some of them yet. I don't think you're good enough. Dustin, I'd make an awesome mortgage loan originator because I love helping people. Yeah, I love helping people too. Right? I love helping old ladies cross the road. I love holding the door for for the delivery driver who's coming in with a with his hands full. Yeah. I love helping people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll break up a fight in a heartbeat, right? It's helping people, I yeah. think. Yeah. Maybe it's got like breaking up fights, I don't know. Right. But it's like but just because you like helping people, let me ask you a question, John, like are you any good with money? How are your deductive reasoning skills? What's your aptitude like? What's your history, whether it's scholastically or your work history? What makes you think you'd be good at mortgage? Because just wanting to help somebody? Nah, like that's not enough. Like I want to know, yes, I like helping people. Cool. That's one of 10 things we're looking for. Now I need to know how good are you at math? How good are you understanding personal finance. How, how good are you at problem solving? How good are you with your deductive reasoning skills? How good are you with communicating? Right. This is one that really gets my goat. Grinds my gears. <laughs> Very often people are, Oh, I love talking to people. Okay. But do they love listening to you? Damn. Right. Okay. You love talking to people. I love talking to people sometimes too much. I hear that. That's feedback. Dio, you talk too much. Please know everyone. I am very self-conscious about it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to talk too much. Just means that, hey, you all have done a great job of making me aware of it. But yeah, just because I love to talk doesn't mean that people want to hear me. So then it's like, how do I sound when I talk? Can they even understand me? For some people, they can't understand you because you haven't practiced. Because you won't stand in front of a mirror and record yourself. Because you haven't Listen for your clutch words like, you know, um, or, um, like, like, right. And know. I have my own clutch yeah. words. I'm very cognizant of them. Mm -hmm. My clutch words tend to be right. That's a clutch word for me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can't understand you because of your accent. If you're my buddy, Brooke, and we are in New York city, I understand. I have to translate for him. <laughs> Right. You laugh. That's a true story. I know. I can see it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He and I were up in Manhattan circa 2000 and like seven, I think. Right. And we were at a training for a new mortgage company that we had gone to work for. And he and I stayed a night over so we can go into the big city. Mm -hmm. He was trying to order a drink. Mm -hmm. And after three times. Really? Of this Manhattan night saying, huh? What? What? I translated. He just wants to make a low bolter, sir. Oh, no. why did you just say that? Well, for Brooke, is a hi. My name is Brooke. Hey, man. Thank you. I like to have a whiskey. A what? I like to have one of them whiskeys, like a Jim Beam. 
Sir, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna now. Have to Brooks' me. accent is endearing, and the ladies in the South love it. In, but in New York City, it didn't quite fly. cut. Yeah, it. yeah, right. And that's somebody who grew up and they speak the same language. Right. What happens if you grew up and you don't speak the same language? Oh shit. Yeah, like I'm gonna throw myself out there again, right? Because I'm I'm saying some things that some people are gonna hate on us. I'm cool with that, kind of, kind I, of. I love it. Okay, you love it, but I'm pretty sensitive <laughs> with low self-esteem to begin with, okay? But I need people to understand that if you're working in a career that requires you to communicate for a living, like communicating, speaking, mm-hmm. storytelling, getting a message across is how you make your living. Mm-hmm. And your audience can't understand you. It is not on them. It is on you. That is a skill set that you have to work on. And I say it lovingly because I admire people who speak multiple languages. Yeah, that means because I don't. Right. If they speak broken English, that means they speak more English, more languages than you. Correct. Hundred percent. Yes. Yes. If they speak English with a broken, thick accent, that means they speak more languages than your ass. Yes. (laughs) But I need that person to understand that that's not what we're comparing, and that's not what I'm paying you for. Right. If I'm paying you to come be a business professional in a sales and marketing type role where communicating is part of your what you have to do, I need you to be more relatable to our audience, to our clients. Mm-hmm. The best way and the easiest way to be relatable is first to be understand or understood, yeah, understandable. Now who's struggling with the English the native language. language. <laughs> but and so I just had that advice to to a, a young college age person that I am mentoring Mm -hmm. and I had to lay it out to her where it's like, look, if you, cause she was complaining that all of her job offers were very back office. Hey, we need you to sit here and do data analytics. Mm -hmm. Hey, we need you to sit here and do underwriting. Hey, we need you to sit here and process uh, information. And she's like, but that's not what I like. I'm very personable and I want to be. And I said, I love that you're personable. I said, but can the people that you're trying to interact with understand you? not your small group of friends. And it was eye-opening and she took it well. That was my first foray with like dipping my toes into it. And by the way, I teach this to my 17-year-old son. My 17-year-old son, which by the way, he gets it from me because I was this way too when I was 17. He gets really excited to speak, sometimes really nervous, and then he he tries to jam 17 words. Into 30 seconds or the three seconds. And we're like, wait a minute. That word had three syllables. I only heard one. And then to this young lady that I'm mentoring, I did say to her, I said, actors and actresses go to vocal lessons, Mm -hmm. right? Charlize Theron, who I had the biggest crush on Mm -hmm. and probably still do, Mm -hmm. is South African. Mm -hmm. Her first language was Afrikaans, right? That is a like... King's English, Dutch mix. Mm-hmm. And then if she spoke English, it was with a British-esque right, accent, right. South African accent. Right. Very few people in the North America would be able to differentiate Australian, well, South I, African, yeah. or British. British right. Luckily, I think I'm one of those that could. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect everyone to. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, when she was auditioning, Charlie's Theron, that is, mm-hmm. when she was auditioning for roles on like major mm-hmm. movies, her South African accent or her Afrikaans accent weren't going to work. Right. 
she had to work with a linguist mm -hmm. to speak with an American accent. Point being, if you struggle with speaking the English language clearly and you're being hired in a sales and marketing role that is going to ask you to, to communicate with people outside of your circle, right? Inside of your circle, we're all well and good, mm -hmm. right? My son will tell me, oh, my friends understand me. I'm like, yeah, they've been your friends since you were eight. Of course they do. So do mom and I, mm -hmm. right? But when you start interviewing for jobs, you're going to have to slow down. He speaks beautifully mm -hmm. when he slows down. He has never been put in a position in life where he was forced to do it. Now, someone who is speaking English as their second or third language, that may take more intention. They may have to get after them. So I talked more about that than I thought I would, but it is something that I think is, you know, good to know. If we're going to title this, you're not good enough, mm -hmm. that would be, you're not good enough right now. Right. Right now. Right. There are things that, that you can do to change. Right. Now, for some people, you're not good enough because your aptitude isn't there. I'm not calling you a bad person. I'm not calling you lazy. I'm not calling you dumb. Dumb. I'm not calling you useless. Right. I'm just saying that there's certain things where your aptitude mm -hmm. isn't going to allow you to achieve what you need to achieve to be successful in that realm. Right. I don't think I have enough aptitude to be a brain surgeon. Nope. Right. I would like to think that I am of above average intelligence. Absolutely. But can I go build the next rocket? No. Can I go write code a la Mark Zuckerberg? No. Right? Because I get to a certain point where I'm just not good enough. Right? I just don't know if enough people recognize that. Because they don't. Because all they're sold is like, if you work hard, you can achieve anything and you can be great at everything, which is just like a fallacy, in my opinion. Yeah, that whole work hard thing, that was a big one for me. Because if you work hard, you can become the best version of you. That's what you can do if you work hard. Mm -hmm. And it is very possible to work really hard and be dedicated to a profession and not achieve financial success. And that's what I was going to share with y'all that my wife did an amazing job of teaching me. And by teaching me, I mean, she basically kicked me in the ass, grabbed me by the ears, poured salt in a couple wounds <laughs> and taught me some hard life lessons. I went through a phase in my mid to early thirties where I thought because I made more money than most people that I knew, ah, I must be the hardest worker. I am. Look at the car. Yeah. Look at, look at my pay stub. And then she was like, you think you work harder than that teacher? You think you work harder than that nurse? You think you work harder than that electrician, that plumber? Uh, I was like, well, yeah, no, the answer is no, no. I chose a profession that allows me, if I have the right aptitude, the right skill set, if I dedicate myself to my craft, it allows me to make a lot of money if I work hard. But in no means was I better or a harder worker. I just happened to choose a different profession. Their hard work may come from earning prizes like teacher of the year, mm -hmm. right? Their hard work may be they're given the better job assignments, right? If you're a plumber or an mm -hmm. electrician, mm -hmm. or you are the first to be given opportunities for overtime, right. right? Or you may be asked to lead a crew because it's recognized that you're really good at what you do. Mm -hmm. But like, that was a big, um, 
life-changing moment, kind of like a growth moment for me, right. was was recognizing that. Just like right now, I'm recognizing that as someone's coach or their mentor, I may have to start having harder conversations where I, I ask them, well, do you think you have what it takes? Like, how much more do you think you can develop? Right. I mean, and that goes for, for everything. We use athletics, but we can also use scholastic, mm-hmm. right? We can also, you know, when choosing careers. So the call I had was someone who recently licensed, he or she is having a hard time obtaining employment. And I started asking this person just about their background. And nowhere in their background did I hear, oh my God, I would hire you to be my financial advisor. Oh my God, I would ask you to sit down with me and teach me the proper way to budget. Oh my goodness, I would trust you with career advice. Right? The type of people that enter the mortgage loan origination career are the same types of people that would be hired to give financial advice, would be hired to coach someone on, on budgeting, the same person that you would ask to, to help you file your tax returns, to sell you life insurance, like it's that type of person to represent you when when you're trying to purchase a company, mm-hmm. like a business broker, mm-hmm. like it's that aptitude, it's that skill set. It's more than I like helping people, right? The Walmart greeter likes helping people. Mm-hmm. That's why they're the Walmart greeter. Now, most Walmart greeters are retirees. What a great job if you're mm-hmm. a retiree. It's also a good job for someone who their skill set denotes that that's what they should be doing. I didn't have it in my heart of hearts to tell this person that I don't, I didn't think they had what it takes, right? Was I the one that was going to burst their bubble? I mean, look, we've all had naysayers in life. I, I use them as fuel to my fire. Tell me, no, tell me I can't. I love hearing that shit, right? Right? Cause I'm gonna go out there and prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. But what happens if I try to prove you wrong on something that is not realistic? Hey, Dio, you'll never be a country music artist with a top 100 hit. Hold my beer. Watch a production go out the way, all right? Yeah, I can't sing. Right. Like, I cannot sing. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have decent enough aptitude, maybe I'd make, I'd reframe that challenge and it would be more about, hey, Dio, you'll never write a country hit that makes it to the top 100. All right. At which point I may say, Hold my beer. Hold my old fashioned. Okay, yeah. Hold my 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 Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. Now, what do I have to do? I'll dedicate the next twenty years right. to learning how to play the guitar and songwriting. Right. But maybe I could do that, and I think that's more of like where reality comes in. What's the What do you think is the biggest kind of like not pitfall, but like people that want to join the mortgage loan origination space specifically? That like, hey, I'm good at this, therefore I'll translate into being a great LO. Besides like communication, is there other any other skills that like, hey. I did this, so I know I'll make a great LO. Wait, are you asking my opinion on what it oh. takes to be a great LO? Or are you asking me to go off on a tangent on things that really light a fire underneath my rear end? Because people say some things that I'm like, what? Did you just say that? What makes you think that correlates to being a good LO? I'm going to go with door number two, Alex. All right, <laughs> we're going to go door number two. In general, the minute... You try to take my profession that I love dearly, that I dedicate a lot of time and effort and energy to, and downplay it to a side hustle? No. 
Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't go there. This is not a side hustle. Period. End of story. You are helping people with the largest purchase of their life. It is not a side hustle. It takes commitment. It takes 40, 50 hours a week of you being a student to your craft, of you pouring yourself into understanding programs, products, guidelines. What do they mean when they say there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage? How do I make sure that this person's getting not just a loan, but the right loan? How do I create a client for life that every year I'm having a consultation with them to talk about if their current mortgage is still the best mortgage for them? all based on where they are in life, career, savings, retirement, children, debt, et cetera. So the first thing, as you can tell, is that, right? That right there. Second thing, this is not get rich quick. I couldn't have said that any more clearly. It is not get rich quick. Is the money great? Oh yeah. Can you be average and make a hundred thousand plus dollars a year? Oh yeah. Does it happen quickly or overnight? You better hope not. If it does, that means you entered at the worst time in the industry, i.e. 2021. Like there is a saying in business and I know I'm going to probably chop this up, but it goes something along these lines. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. It's every reason why I think entering into the mortgage business in 2023 is going to be a fantastic time to do so. Or if you got in in 2022 and you're surviving, hell to the yeah, high five. But this is not get rich quick. And I've talked to listeners. Oh yeah, I got hired. Oh my God, the money was so great. And I was like, oh, what'd you do before? Oh, I was the assistant manager at Five Below. All right, Five Below's like a TJ Maxx. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go to that store and... Assistant managers probably made somewhere between 15 to 22 bucks an hour, depending on what state you were in, right? So $22 an hour is $45,000 a year. Do you know how I did that, John? Take the hourly rate and double it and you'll get the annual pretty quickly, right? So if you made 15 bucks an hour, double it, that's 30, mm-hmm. $30,000 a year. Look into the camera and say, that's a hack so I can make it a TikTok. That's a hack. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Does that work for yeah, you? It does. Yeah. So, okay. So you were making... 20 bucks an hour, which is how much per year? You said 22 bucks an hour? 20. 20. That would be $40,000 an hour. Yeah, roughly. Roughly. I mean, it ends up being $800 a week. You times 800 times 52 weeks out of the year. You actually end up with like 41,600. But the quick math, right? Right. When we're talking about aptitude, can you do that? If you can't, can you? And if you can't after, after practicing, this industry is not for you. That's where you're not good enough. It's okay. You're not good enough for this. I didn't say you weren't good enough to sell real estate. I didn't say you weren't good enough to, to open up 15 restaurants. Yeah. Right? What I said is you're not good enough for this. If you can't today do that quick math or within three months, mm-hmm. teach yourself how to do that, that quick math. Right. So anyhow, I was talking to this person and you know, that, that was his or her background. But then the person was like, yeah, but such and such company hired me in to be a processor and I was making like 90 grand a year. I was like, all right, so let's walk through this. Mm-hmm. You went from making $44,000 a year as the assistant manager at Five Below to $90,000 as a mortgage loan processor. You have no experience. You didn't go to school for this. 
You don't hold a degree that states that you should be able to do this at 90 grand a year when you were previously making 44. You probably weren't good enough for a normal market, but in a market where it was going gangbusters, someone was willing to give you that opportunity. Now the question is for that person, and I'm, I'm gonna circle back, I promise you, to the number two thing that chaps my ass. It's not get rich quick, but that person, even though they weren't in sales and they were in ops, they thought it was get rich quick. I had never made that much money before. I'm 26 years old and I don't have a college degree. Yeah, guess what? You're never gonna make that, not never is a strong <laughs> word, you're not going to make that much money going forward right. right away. That doesn't mean that you can't take a step back, take a deep breath and be like, okay, I really loved what I was doing when I was in the mortgage industry. It beat the hell out of working in retail. But I understand that I don't really know mortgage processing the way that some of the best of the best do. I don't know my programs, my products, my guidelines. If a loan officer turned in a loan file that wasn't well structured, that I would be able to restructure it, mm -hmm. right? Like if, it, if there's not a checklist, I probably can't work. Like mm -hmm. that's the difference between a good processor and a, and a not good processor. I would tell that person, the mortgage industry may be a good fit for you, but you're going to have to start like we all started as an assistant processor then a level one processor, then a level two processor, then a level three processor. Maybe in five years, you'll be making 90 grand a year, mm -hmm. right? So this person has a warped sense of the industry. This person loves it. But when I press this person for why, they love the money because they thought it was get rich quick. Mm. It's not. It is not. You're going to get into it. You're going to work your tail off. You're going to learn you're going to pick up skills that you otherwise never had. And along the way, along the way, you'll pick up raises and promotions. At which point, if you're an operations associate, yes, you can make 90 grand a year. You can make 120 grand a year. You can make 180 grand a year not working in sales in the mortgage industry. But you got to be the best of the best with the highest skill set. And not everyone, John, can be the best of the best. That's true. Right? There are certain people... That is like, yeah, unfortunately, your aptitude prevents you from going much further than where you currently are. Now, if that's your aptitude and your attitude is a C minus, bro, that's a yeah. and your efforts a C plus, can't help you. I'm gonna make another bold statement. When companies are doing layoffs, if there's 19 people in a certain department and three get let go, and you're one of those three, that is a soul-searching opportunity for you. Go look in the mirror, have a long conversation with the person that looks back at you. Why? Why are there 19 in my department and I'm one of three? Now, maybe it was last in, first out. That does happen. But there's also scoring systems. There's KPIs. There's rubrics. They kept 16. They let three go. Math don't lie. Numbers don't lie. If it was solely over aptitude, you know where you sit. Mm-hmm. If it was attitude and effort, you know no, where you can adjust. Right. Yeah, you know where you sit. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you know where you know where you can adjust. All right, so I promised you three. Mm -hmm. So the first one was side hustle. Mm -hmm. The second one was thinking that it was it was get rich quick. Right. The third is underestimating the brain power necessary. I just punched the numbers into a uh, computer. I thought, and it gives me my answer. Yeah. What was the number one thing I said? You said it right. The number one thing was, 
don't know, man. Don't put me on. Side hustle. No, side hustle. Wait, side, side hustle, hustle get, get rich, rich quick. quick. And the number three is, is not fully comprehending the aptitude. Like, how smart are you? Honestly, do you consider yourself a good communicator? Like, above average, right? right? If there's 100 people in the room and we said, hey, where are the top 20 communicators? Are you in that list? If we put 100 people in a room and we said, where are the top 20 smart people? Are you in that list? If we put 100 people in a room and we said, where are the top 20 go-getters? Are, are, you, in the, are you in that group? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like this industry, when I'm talking about sales, I'm talking about marketing, <laughs> I'm talking about mortgage loan originator. It requires above average intelligence. It requires above average ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. It requires above average grit, the ability to get after it, to be entrepreneurial. Be a self-starter. To be a self-starter, to never give up, to be resourceful, to be a great problem solver, to have above average deductive reasoning skills. Not everyone has what it takes and that is okay. There are great careers out there. We all have to find our own place, right? right? I wasn't made to be a mechanical engineer. Don't have that skill set. I wasn't made to be a heart surgeon or a computer programmer. I don't have what it takes. I do have what it takes to sell, Mm -hmm. to market, to be an entrepreneur, to build businesses, to communicate. Where is a certain age that you knew that you were good at? Sales and marketing? Or were like you're in a class one day and you're like, oh shit, this is for me. Was there a certain turning point for you? And they're like, oh, does it was it like natural progression over like all the years of natural progression? Now, there are certain things like when I was 17, I'd be like, yeah, I love to talk to people. Again, I didn't know if people had to hear me talk. Right. Right? Because that that is one of my annoyances. I love to help people and I love to talk to people. Well, but are you any good at it? And what does help mean? Right? Again, if I'm helping you get your groceries to your car, that doesn't require much skill just requires being a good person. I like to talk, but no one wants, no one can understand me or no one likes what I have to say. So no, I don't really, if I looked back on it, like I never lacked confidence. Okay. So maybe in therapy, I learned that my confidence actually comes from having very low self-esteem and I was overcompensating Mm. for the things that I was fearful for with my confidence. But for whatever reason, I always believed in myself, right? I joke, I was dumb enough to believe my parents when they said, you can do anything you want. I was like, yeah, I can. Oh, right? right? Yeah, right. I was just dumb enough to believe them. And I had great parents who never made me believe that, like, I couldn't do anything. Right. Now, I'm sure if I told them I was going to move to Nashville when I was 18 to become a country music singer, they loved me enough to be like, nah, homie, you're not. <laughs> right, right. You right. can't sing a lick. <laughs> right. And it doesn't matter how many lessons I take. This is not for you. I could become serviceable. Right but never sellable, right? right At right. that skill set. Right. So no, um, I, I can't say there was a time that I was like, yeah, I'd be good at that. Was there one where you tried a job and you're like, this shit definitely isn't for me? I, mean, I had internships. Okay. Like the internship that made me work on Adobe Photoshop. That was, yeah. I was like, yeah, that shit ain't for me. Right? Or right. like doing video production. I was on that video toaster editing oh, machine, yeah. AB roll. Yeah, with the roll, yeah. We, it wasn't even beta. We had like VHS S. Yeah, yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Super VHS. Yeah. It may have been beta, actually. We were working on beta. Who beta, am I kidding? Beta. But anyhow, I 
even then, mm-hmm. I love to write and I love to be on camera. All right. And for whatever reason, the class put me on camera. All right. Don't know if it was because I bribed them all because they were fearful right. for being in, in front of camera. And maybe I took for granted that, hey, look, I'm not fearful. Or maybe they saw something that I didn't. Right. Like, oh no, when you get on camera, you know, it's actually engaging. I right. don't know. But I, yeah, but well, I did that. I did that at, at 17 and 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And when I was 12, I wasn't afraid to go out and sell in market. Whether I was trying to sell baseball cards, whether I was working at at the concession stand, at Five Points, which is where every kid went to play baseball. And the lady who ran it's like, hey, we're closing in an hour, and we have too many hot dogs. And I would go out. And mm-hmm. I was the kid who would walk around the whole entire stadium selling hot dogs two for a dollar when usually they're a dollar a piece. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind that. Right. So maybe that was a premonition into, like, my future. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember a time where I was like, yep, that's my calling. No. My calling always was I wanted to make a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I looked for things like, well, what allows me to make a lot of money? Mm-hmm. My calling was don't put me behind a desk, crunching numbers building things, algorithms, Mm -hmm. formulas. Um, I mentioned Adobe Photoshop (laughs) or, or the video toaster, technical computer things. No, not me at all. Just like I had an internship. I think it was called YPMB. Guess which Pepperdine and Brown back in the day, they were a big public relations firm in Orlando. I was like, yeah, PR is going to be my jam except for my job as an intern was for six hours a day. I basically had to read 40 news publications searching for one of our clients being published because it's a big deal, right? right? If you're a PR company, you want to get your client published or have an article or a press release picked up Mm -hmm. and to where your clients mentioned, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, this is public relations. And I'm doing what it was a lot of, a lot of research. Right. I didn't want to do research. Right. Not my thing. But I think what I heard in all those things that you didn't like and didn't want to do help just sharpen and refine the things that you do want to do and are good at. Oh, yeah. That's the advice I give to all of these college students that I have the opportunity mm-hmm. and the privilege of mentoring. I had six inter- internships in college. All six of them taught me what I didn't want to do. I, mean, I got to work for NFL Europe. How cool was that? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was a really cool internship. And I realized, uh, but I don't want to work in media relations. Mm-hmm. Because it was a lot of data. It was a lot of, of, of input and just wasn't anything that excited me. And I had a very low ceiling in terms of income. Right. right? So I was going to do things that were very entrepreneurial, very sales, very marketing. And then I learned along the way, oh, if you want to make money, work with money. Right. So financial sales, just like software sales, there's really good money in software sales as well as in, in finance. Right. Whether it's a financial advisor whether it's life insurance, commercial real estate, mortgages, like there's good money to be had if you have the right skill set and the right aptitude with a good attitude and the ability to work your ass off potentially for a few years without making really any money because you bought into the system. You trust the process. And by the way, John, not everyone can do that. I think if more people need to realize that quicker in our life, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, and don't go at it alone. Get yourself a mentor. Yeah. And ask that mentor to give it to you straight. <laughs> give it to you straight. And look, it's up to you. You may hear something that you don't want to hear, and it's the truth, and you keep pushing forward. Good for you. High five. Then look for another mentor. 
and get their feedback. And you might not want to listen to that. Good for you. High five. Be persistent. Right? Prove everybody wrong. At some point, though, don't totally forget about it. Right? You can tune them out, but don't forget. Because at some point, you're going to get to a place in your life where you're going to be like, am I happy with where I am? And my question to you is, are you doing what you want to be doing or more importantly, what you should be doing? Or is there something else out there that would fit your skill set better? I think that's all I have to say about that's that. well said, Dustin. Yeah, so I hope this was... Um, make you say hmm type episode. Make you say hmm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how entertaining this was. Don't know how educational it was. It's fine. People need to hear it. Hey, it may have motivated, though. We yeah. may have touched on motivation today. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm sure some people didn't want to hear it. And look, if your feelings were hurt, suck it up, buttercup. I don't know what else to tell you. DM, uh, send Dustin a message on LinkedIn, which is the best way to get a hold of him. It is, yeah. If y'all want to hit me up, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I am Dustin, first name, last name, Owen. Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Check out our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, please subscribe to all of our formats. Follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Facebook. TikTok. YouTube. YouTube especially. Yeah. YouTube, because I'm on YouTube every day. Yeah. So every day I'm on YouTube. I'm trying to keep up with the comments in mm-hmm. the in the comment section. Mm-hmm. I love watching it tick from 11.7K to 11.8K. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that we hit 25K. Yeah. And then once we hit 25, I'm going to want 50. After yeah. 50, I'm going to want 100. I'll never stop. We're going to get there. Oh, I, yeah. I trust you. Oh, yeah. I trust Chris. And I trust Dennis. Solid team. Yeah. And by the way, the whole time you guys are behind the scenes working, I'll be chirping. Hey, John, how come we're not there yet? Hey, John, when are we going to hit 15K? That's fine. fine. Hey, John, how come that that Instagram reel didn't hit 25K? Hey, John, have you checked out Neil's latest content? God, that's every day, people. That is every day. The life, (laughs) the the day in the life of John Coleman. But hey, speaking of John Coleman, he is John Coleman. I am Dustin Owen. That is all the time we have for you today. We hope you find what it is that you are good enough for and you do more of it. Until then, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.